This is an MVP podcast, My Village Productions. Welcome to Unsolved America, a show where we explore unsolved mysteries throughout the United States. I'm your host, Tiffany. And I'm your host, Andy, and each week we will throw a dart at the map and wherever it lands is the location of our mystery. This week, I landed on Kentucky. What that, Colonel Bill? <laughs> we are going to go back. Okay. To 1955. Ooh, good year. To a small town in Kentucky called Hop. Hopkinsville. Hopkinsville. That was nice emphasis there. I know. Hopkinsville is a small town in rural Kentucky. And Kelly is just a... I don't know what this word is. Um, But I'm going to say like a little cluster of houses a few miles north of the highway. Okay. And it's hardly changed in the half century that has since then this part of kentucky is green and flat it's not like hilly of any kind and you can see as the as far as the eye can see (laughs) it has plowed fields and they're separated only by greenery choked hollows okay i don't i'm not a farmer i don't know what that means but i'm assuming it's just like hollow areas i don't know (laughs) miss glennie lingford rented this house a house there and her three grown sons and their wives and several children were there for a family supper one night (laughs) around 7 p.m billy ray a friend of theirs took a bucket out to the well for some water when a light flashed overhead in the sky according to the story uh, as told in a number of UFO books, Ooh. Billy Ray identified it as a flying saucer and watched it land behind some trees. Soon the families began to hear strange noises and the dark dog barking outside. And when they went out to go investigate, Lucky and Billy Ray saw the first of the creatures emerging from the trees. Oh, as the story is told, they shot at it. But then others appeared and it seemed resistant to bullets. Mm. They ain't going down. Right. They recount that they would shoot them and then they'd float to the ground and then escape. The men went through a whole box of ammunition. Okay. The children were hidden under the beds, and the men repeatedly fired through the windows at the faces that kept popping up in almost a fun house kind of way. So, like, they were pop, like, okay, up and down or whatever. Yeah, it may- yeah. yeah. The families estimated that some 12 to 15 creatures were involved. They had large eyes, possible antennas, and were about a meter tall, had spindly, useless legs. And human-like hands. Spindly, useless legs. (laughs) That's funny. I know. When a bullet would strike one of them, it sounded like shooting a tin can. What? (laughs) It was only Miss Lingford trying to calm the situation down that things settled down. They asserted that the creatures had not tried to harm anyone and suggested that they drive to the police station. And so they did. The police remained for about 
two and a half hours and what happened during that time varies greatly depending on which account you read. Most say that the spent ammunition was scattered everywhere and that the house's windows were damaged by the gunfire. No sign of the creature was ever found, but one account states that some luminous green glow was discovered near a fence and was gone by the next day. That description is consistent with that of Foxfire, the folk name for bioluminescent fungus on decaying wood. So it can't be the strongest account or evidence of anything unusual. Two officers returned in the morning and were told by neighbors that the families had packed up and left to spend time in Evansville, Indiana, after reporting that creatures had returned about at about 3.30 in the morning. No shots were fired at that time, but the creatures apparently scratched at the house and made noise walking on the roof. Okay. Uh, ever since, the story has only grown, and like... Every other alien story we've ever heard, it definitely has grown into the like a big folklore and a big deal in the town. What's kind of funny is that Hopkinsville, after this, started a festival or an event called the Little Man, Little Green Mint Festival in 2005. That's fantastic. The town's Chamber of Commerce hired full-time paranormal investigators um, to give a talk on the strange episode or happenings. One of the first things that they talk about is there's never any plausible reason to connect, like, the bright lights streaking overhead with creatures. I mean, it could be a star. It could be a shooting, mm-hmm. a shooting star. Whatever And according to the 1955 reporting of the event by Kentucky New Era's Joe Doris, Billy Ray Taylor only told the sons he saw a bright shooting star. Only in later retelling of the stories by different authors did the element of Billy Ray watching a spaceship come down and land come up. And yet the corroboration by other witnesses in other cities also saw a fireball has been, and that's been cited as evidence of a UFO. So there's not really any kind of logic to this. Okay. There's a claim that the Air, there was an Air Force investigator that showed up the next day at Miss Lanford's house, and it's been published a couple times by different authors, but there's no corroboration of evidence for that. Okay. There's also a reporter that met with Miss Langford the next day, who had been shooing tourists away all day. The most notable thing that was found that was that Miss Langford's daughter was having a lot of trouble holding her cat, which ripped up one of the screen doors. Okay. There were four military police who accompanied the police officers on the night of the event, and they were from the Army base, not the Air Force. Okay. It turns out the magnitude of the gunfire and panic had been like exasperate, exas- exaggerated. Mm-hmm. 
over time and over the retellings, it's like the telephone game, especially when mm-hmm. something from almost 100 years ago yeah. is told numerous times. But there were a lot of neighbors within earshot during the event, apparently. And the only neighbor who reported hearing any shots fired said that there was a grand total of four shots. Okay. Which he thought was firecrackers and he just ignored it. Okay. So... <laughs> From this account, there were actually some, like, movies based off of it. Okay. I believe it was Little Green Men. Okay. That was the name of the movie? Yeah. I wonder what it's about. Uh, Puppies. (laughs) (laughs) Anyway, so, yeah. They made, I mean, obviously with all these stories that happen around the United States or wherever, they they base movies off of these things, but... Um, it was just funny that this area, there were so, there was probably five different movies that like originated from this basis. Okay. They also started explaining that there might've been like a meteor shower or the funniest thing that Mm -hmm. they're trying to explain this away with was that there were territorial owls, but like, (laughs) what? Yeah. They were saying that there were owls in the area and that they were attacking this family, which I guess could explain like the big eyes and like the scratching. Yeah. And everything. But it was just like. Spindly useless legs. (laughs) Yeah. Very much so. Another possibility is that these creatures with. They were saying that these creatures like we're not getting hurt with bullets. And so like. What are they like? I, right. I, it's just it's so weird to me. Um, the story that came from this, because I mean, I know aliens are not human, but like at the same time. Yeah. You can't not get hurt or like any yeah. story we've ever done on aliens or some weird creature. They say, oh, it was bleeding, but we never found the body or. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, it was like it was bleeding, but like when the bullets hit it, it was like it barely even felt anything or like or acted like it didn't feel anything, something like that. Right. Um, <laughs> and what they they were actually shooting it with a 22 pistol, which. I mean, they're smaller There's bullets, but like at the same time, it would make an impact, I feel like so. Yeah, it's that's that's strange. I I like to I want to go back to like where they said that it sounded like they were shooting tin cans. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. And I'm like, were you just really drunk off of moonshine and like shooting tin cans? (laughs) (laughs) Was it moonshine and absinthe or whatever together? And you were just seeing you're just hallucinating. It was about 11 o'clock at night. I didn't tell you this part. And it was, there were two cars that like, I told you sped up to the police station, but they towed everybody. And these cars contained five adults and a lot of children all like frightened. And they were screaming, we need help. We've been fighting with them for four hours. Like. (laughs) That is wild. Um, Everybody's drunk. Yeah, they're this. They said they were harassing the whole house, like we talked about, like popping their heads out. Okay. Um, 
the two families inside had been like holding them off with gunfire since dusk. So okay. it was like dusk is what five, six, seven. Mm-hmm. And they showed up at the police officers at the precinct at around 11. So they said that there were faces that were appearing in the window. One grabbed a man's hair and they were just like floating around on or near the ground and flying from tree to rooftop and evading capture. Hmm. Interesting. Yeah. So four city police, five state troopers and three deputy sheriffs plus four military officers showed up at the house to see what was going on. And they were ready. They were ready to go. You're ready to battle, bro. But they couldn't find anything. Of course. So I know this is a really short one, but I was just no, like, no worries. This is wild. It was just so funny to me. And yeah. it, the, the, the fact that they have a festival every year now. Yeah. Makes me giggle and it kind of makes me want to go. What makes me laugh about this one is that I just love that it's so bizarre and then you, then you then you throw in the aspect that it's like not just one person, which usually these kind of stories are. It's like one, maybe two people tops. Right. Like this is like a whole block of people. Right. It's like two different families, like 15, <laughs> like, I mean, five adults and several children. Right. Like, like clearly something, something had to have been going on. I just don't know. If I really believe that it was aliens. Right. I have no idea. Well, especially I don't think the children are having the absinthe or moonshine. <laughs> maybe, they, maybe they snuck a sip. I don't know. And they saw the same things. But like, yeah, it's just it's so crazy to me. And nothing has been cited since then. I don't, okay. From what I've read, okay. I might be wrong, but like there's been no return of the yes. green men. But then they started having this festival 50 years later. Yeah, and we're probably going to go someday. I hope to so. To Kentucky. To the Little Green Man Encounter and Festival. I don't remember the name of it, but... <laughs> Thank you for listening to this episode of Unsolved America. Head on over to Facebook and Instagram and follow us at Unsolved America MVP. And be sure to subscribe to our show on your favorite podcast platform. If you need to contact us, please email MVP at gmail.com, and we'll talk to you next week. This has been an MVP podcast, My Village Productions.